Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the 147 podcast with me, sports MC Phil Seymour, and him, the former Triple Crown winner and snooker world champion, the magician, Sean Murphy. This is indeed Phil and Sean. I, this week, Phil, am in a random hotel room somewhere in Cambridge, or just outside of Cambridge. Uh, Mr. Murphy, the reigning players champion, you are currently in? I'm in Dublin. You're in Dublin at home. Very nice too. And how is how is the child prodigy that is your son Harry with his new snooker table? <laughs> unbelievable! You've never seen anyone as keen on snooker in your life as my little son. It's unbelievable what's going on in our house at the minute. Uh, he makes me look like you know eight year old me when I took up the game. He makes me look like I wasn't interested. Well, He's listen, just addicted to it. Harry, if you're listening, your dad knows loads of really good snooker players who can probably help you out with coaching and stuff. He knows Mark Selby, and, and he's a hell of a player. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, hit your dad up to, for a few uh, few numbers, and I'm sure he can put you in touch with someone. Now, Sean, I joke, of course. This is a rather special podcast because we have our first ever guest on the 147 podcast. We are delighted to introduce you to a man who was a very good friend of mine and Sean's. Is that fair to say, Sean? <laughs> he, he was a very good friend of mine and Sean's. Um, snooker fans will know him very well because he used to be on the snooker very, very regularly, doing doing a similar job or a much better job than I do on the snooker when I'm on there. Um, and he is the man when it comes to darts, MCs. He does all of the massive events all around the world. And he's making us jump out of a bloody aeroplane, Sean. What is that all about? We say a very, very warm welcome to the 147 podcast to the legend that is John McDonald. Hi, John. Oh, you give me too big a build-up. Do, do you know what? We're giving you a build. You're flying us up into the air and dropping us out at 15,000 feet. How much more of a build-up do you want? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you'll be thanking me. Come the 26th, you'll be thanking me. You'll be saying, wow, I'm so glad I did that. You know, that was fantastic. I'm telling you, I've had it all before. I've heard all these things before. You see, John, as soon, John, as, it's over, as soon as it's over, you will not stop thanking me. John, you can't see us, but I'm in Cambridge shaking my head. Sean's in Dublin shaking his head. We don't believe you, John. It's as pure and well, simple as that. Well, there's a couple of things in this world which will get you going in life, and um, that's both of them. So stand on me. You might think you've lived... You haven't lived yet. Oh my! You that... actually falling at 120 feet per second per second pro rata until reaching a terminal velocity of about 713 mile an hour. I tell you what, then you've lived. John, that that's not that's not encouraging us. Can you not just tell us it's just light, fluffy, and nice? All right. Well, actually, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a porky because now you have a little drogue shoot behind you, slowing you right down. So it's nice and gentle. Your free fall's great. 
you're going to get the most beautiful view of Salisbury Plain, which is one of the most fabulous places in the whole of Great Britain. You're going to love every single minute of it. The only regret you'll have is that you couldn't stay any longer or do it any longer. It's that addictive. It's that good. It's that great fun. You're going to love it. Sean, I, I love I love how he's assuming we're going to open our eyes during this. I, I love oh, it. I was assuming that we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, just I put a video on social media at the weekend. I went to a trampoline park with my kids, and there was a there's a ten foot platform, okay, and a massive airbag pillow thing underneath it. And I thought, oh, this would be great practice for the parachute jump. This, all these little kids going up, leaping off straight onto this airbag. I went up there, and straight away I'm twitching. I'm going, oh, I'm not so sure about this. I don't know if I like this at all. Jumped off, and yeah, it was pretty horrible. And that's like 14,990 feet below where we're jumping. Sean, how are you feeling? Um, yeah, not great, I've got to be honest. Not not great at all, but, um, I, you know... I, I, I'm running out of excuses. I'm not, we're running out of it. We're running out of time. I, I was on a plane yesterday coming back. I did a I did a, a show in Manchester uh, on Saturday night, and then I was on the flight coming back, and I was trying to gauge, you know, where fifteen thousand feet was. Um, and I was looking out the window, and I was trying to just trying to work out how you throw yourself out. You know, how do you do that, uh, John? It's wonderful to have you on, mate. It's great that you've joined us. Um, like. Before we go into the whys and wherefores of why we're doing this and what Future Pathway is all about and all the rest of it, which, you know, you're going to explain to everybody. Um, like you said to me on day one, you know, there is no way around it. You are going to have to convince yourself to throw yourself out of a perfectly serviceable aircraft. How am I going to do that? How are we going to do that? Well, well first of all, let's, let's, just, let's just take it back a little bit and let's just relax because let's understand one thing. Since the introduction of the tandem parachute jump, which is exactly what you'll be doing on the 26th of March, the tandem means that there's two of you. That means that you're attached to a guy who is so experienced. We've picked the greatest display team in the world, arguably. Every member of that team has so many parachute jumps under their belt. It's impossible to log them all. These are the most experienced parachutists in the world. They do this day in, day out. Now, when this was first invented tandem, it gave the opportunity for the average man on the street with just a very little bit of training to be able to go in an aircraft to such a great height, free fall, open the chute nice and high and glide to the ground without any formal training. To get that kind of free fall experience, you'd have had to have spent two or three years of hard work training to do that at various various heights. You're going to walk straight in on Sunday and do it. You've not got to do anything. You've just got to sit there and enjoy the ride. You're harnessed to a fully qualified expert parachute. It's the best the world's ever seen. You'll sit on the steel of the aircraft. You'll rock one or two or three times and out you go and it will be the greatest experience you've ever done. And people do it every day of the week. Well, right, let me ask be... you this question because this is this is what's really bothering me, right? This is this is what's really bothering me because I think if if I were the instructor, if I were the tandem jumper, this is yeah. what I would do. On the way down, you'd have to pretend that the parachute had broken. But <laughs> not really. I mean, that'd be cruel. that would be cruel. That would you'd be have cruel. to do it. You know, so cruel. I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming Malcolm is going to do that or whatever his name is. I'm assuming he's going to do that. Never, um, never, uh, never. Whoever it is, whoever it, it, whoever it is. What, not, you know, no, what's the chances of that happening? Um, I, I think very little. I, I don't think that's the kind of this. This it's a funny business parachuting. You know, I've I've been involved in a, a lot of, of, of uh, semi dangerous sports, if you like, from climbing and hang gliding and things. I've tried pretty much everything, and and there's a there's and there's a lot of obviously a lot of banter goes on with, within within the parachute community. Um, but no, I mean, there's not going to be any chance of that. It will be just so, it'll be so good. It's going to be filmed, you know, it'll be on video, it'll be on stills. You'll have guys parachuting with you, in and around you, filming you. It's just going to be the environment that you've, you've never experienced. It's going to be so great. Can I just... Okay, I've got, 
I've got Certainly two enough, more questions. <laughs> Go on, Sean. I've got two more questions. Okay. Can I wear a Superman outfit? Absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, as long as it's comfortable and doesn't it, have any metal buckles, as long as it doesn't have anything that would flap up in your flight, in your face, you know, you might not be able to wear the cape, but you'll be able to wear the big S and the big muscles and the tight trousers, you know. But other than that, you know, it's just sensible clothing. We like to accept people. They come along in boiler suits or they come along in a, a track suit and just trainers or, you know, um, ankle-length boots. It's a very, very simple thing to do. You don't have to do anything. You don't even have to land. That's done for you. That's Sean, Sean's currently got his Superman suit having Diamante crystals sewn down the side. Just so you yeah. can look sparkly I, 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 as he descends. I, I can tell you, there'll be crystals flying all over the place. They're not going to last long. They're not oh, going to last long. Go on then, Sean. What's your second one? My second one is this. Like, obviously, w- w- you know, we know what, what we know what it's all about. But why are we doing it, John? Explain to the listeners what this is actually about. What future pathways for how it works and 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 what you're hoping uh, ourselves and everyone else that's jumping. Um, what you're hoping that's going to do for future pathway. Okay, so. You know that's a, that's a really good question, and that that is is the most important the most important question you could ask me. And there's a very good reason why I asked you personally to be an ambassador for us because you believe in what we're trying to do. Now we don't really need any financial backing from any big government or any big companies because basically what we do is we offer free courses and free education to retired sportsmen and women and active sportsmen and women possibly coming to the end of their career looking for a job maybe looking to change from their world of sport into the commercial area and veterans. So veterans, exactly the same. We offer the same service to our veterans. And that is try to encourage people to go on courses, encourage people to better their education, give them a better chance of getting employment. You know, you're perfect for that. In the snooker world, you're perfect for that. Everybody looks up to you. And you need ambassadors. You need people in that position that can ring a bell for you and that can sell your operation and that's exactly why I wanted you to do it exactly why I picked Colin Lloyd and exactly why I picked three guys in the military that most people know and look up to and I want them to think if it's good enough for them it's good enough for me it's a very hard sell Sean getting people to go back to school it's a very hard sell to get people to do courses but unfortunately we live in that world now where People do have to have the correct certificate before they can do certain things, and we're hoping that we can encourage people to do that. Why I'm asking you to parachute? Well, you've already had one full page in a national newspaper, which would have cost any civilian company, I think, around about £300,000 in advertising. You can't buy what was written about you in that article on your parachute experience. That in itself is, is great for us, having good people that people like. This very podcast today when people listen to it, you know, they'll check us out. They'll look at Future Pathway and they'll see what we're all about. And that is the biggest bell ring I'm looking for, to try and get us out there, get people to look, have a go if they can, if they feel confident enough that they could do some of the courses, get involved, try and better themselves, get themselves a better job. Absolutely. And that would be a big, big, big pat on the back for me. Do you know what, John? That, that's fantastic. And it's it's admirable that, that you were involved, I think, with Mickey in, in setting Future Pathway up. It's, it's an amazing thing. Let's be honest, Sean. It's a it's a pretty good cause that gets me and you jumping out of an aeroplane. Okay, we, we don't just do that for anyone, all right? No. No. <laughs> I, only, I, I, I only do that for John McDonald and MI6. There you go. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not allowed to talk about You can't that, talk sorry. about MI6. You're not allowed. That's banned. You know, you know, you know it's, it, 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 it's interesting because it is difficult. It is difficult to tell people to go back to school. We just recently, I won't name anybody uh, personally, but we just did a first aid course. And it's one of the most important ingredients you need on that CV to be qualified in first aid. So many companies now insist that you have that statutory. And if you go armed with that course already, that's something they haven't got to do for you. So I'm always looking at little things to do. And I had a guy come on the course and he, he stopped me in the car park and he's, uh, he's an ex-amateur boxer and he wanted to get back involved in training and coaching. And he found that his gym would only employ him if he had a certain level of first aid and, and some other qualifications that we're looking out to try and help him with. And he said, you know, I can't read them right. And I said, that's okay. You don't really need to in this exam because you will be doing it as you go along. It'll be all 
practical. We'll show you to do something, you'll do it. Oh, no, I'm good at that. If you show me something or you tell me something, I can do it. And I said, well, do you know, all our courses are pretty much like that. This is what you have to do. And then you do it. And um, 100%. It was 100%. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better candidate because some people just need to be shown. Now, that's, that, this guy's nearly 40 years old. And he's never, ever had any confidence in doing anything to do with courses or education because of that very reason. And he said to me, I'm going to do the next one. I said, well, that's going to be a little bit more difficult because we're going to be looking at equipment that you can use to save lives. And we're also going to be looking at coaching and you're going to need to take registers and write things down. Yeah, but I think I'll have a go. As long as you show me. And that, for us, is what we're all about, you know. That's what we're all about. We know it's a bureaucratic world, and we know that sometimes that, that the bureaucrats have made it so difficult for everybody. But if we can overcome that, we're never going to change it, so we've got to overcome it, we've got to adapt. And that in itself is exactly what gets us going every day. You know, Mickey was attending a big lunch yesterday, and he spoke to a number of people, all of which realised that at this point in their career, they need to be thinking of something else. And if they're thinking of something else, if you spent your entire life in a sport, you suddenly got a lot of catching up to do. Absolutely. So, do you, you know, know like, like I said, I, I, I take my hat off to you. I really do. Um, I think it's an amazing cause. As I said, it, 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 it is some cause that gets myself and Sean up in an aeroplane that we're going to jump out of. That is for sure. So just to, to give the details, everyone, this is happening on Sunday, the 26th of March. So that's a week on Sunday. That's very soon, Sean, just saying. Um, we're yep. with, with the Red Devils, people cannot come along and watch, okay? It is taking place high above Salisbury Plain. Um, you can't come along and watch. It is all being filmed. There'll be people in the air filming us as we tumble to earth at, at breaknecking pace. And it'll be filmed on the ground. We'll be putting videos all over social media. I know World Snooker Tour, I think they've spoken to, to John about getting some footage that they can then use and put out as they run a piece about it as well. Now... We're not asking people for sponsorship, okay? What we have asked, though, is if people can afford to, make a donation to Future Pathway. It's a great cause, okay? We're doing it to raise awareness. If we can raise a few quid as well, we will do. I know a lot of you have already donated. We put a link on the social media. Um, a lot of you have already gone and donated. We will put the link on there again for you. If you can, I know times are hard. If you can afford to, to make a donation to help John and the guys out, please do. It's a fantastic cause. As I hope John's got across to you, he's... Certainly sold it to me and Sean. We're going to jump up an aeroplane for him. But if you can donate, please do. We will put that again all over the social media streams. So you've got that on there. But this is a week on Sunday. There will be footage everywhere. We'll take loads of pictures. We'll get loads of video as well of Sean and his Superman outfit tumbling to earth. I love, by the way, John, how you said that people look up to Sean. Well, they will do a week on Sunday and he'll be getting closer and closer and closer really quickly, Sean, won't you? I'll do the jokes here, Phil, if that's all right with you. Uh, uh, John, um, what's the uh, what's the free fall? Once you, when you jump out, we fall out of the plane. How long do we fall for before somebody pulls a, a parachute out? That's a great question. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And and everybody thinks when they're falling through the, the sky that they're going to get this incredible sense of speed and rush and um, that they've never experienced before. Now, I'm afraid you only get that if you're parallel with something. You're going to be parallel with nothing. You're just falling through the air, and it won't actually feel like you're falling at all. Now, it's a bit like when you're flying in an aeroplane, and you're coming into land at Heathrow, and it's all very clear, and all of a sudden you go through a cloud patch, and you think, good Lord, we're going fast. You get a sense of speed then, because there's something next to you that you can gauge your speed at. So straight away, get that out of your head, You've got nothing to worry about. You won't get this feeling where you can't breathe. You can't, you know, what is going on? You know, we've all jumped off the top ball at the local swimming bars and you know you all hold your breath and you, you jump off and it, it gives you that belly feeling. You won't get any of that because you've got nothing to gauge it against. So it's the easiest thing. It's, I know I'm trying to make it a little bit easier for you to comprehend and I'm not trying to make it easier. I'm not trying to sort of encourage you by, by giving you a, a false information that maybe I'm conning you in some way. I'm not. I'm being absolutely brutally honest. A few seconds 
a few seconds in the air, you have a drogue parachute, which is, is Im- immediately deployed, and that stabilizes both of you. So it's perfect. The ride's smooth. You'll be in a stable position, and he'll encourage you to look around. He'll be pointing you in different directions, and then you'll have a good look round. Within a couple of seconds, the main chute will be deployed. And it'll be deployed at around 2,000 feet. And that's great, because then you get a nice journey to the ground which you will want to last forever. Whoa. You'll get to sorry, see sorry. everything. John, you can't see us. We've just looked at each You're telling us <laughs> we're going to fall for 13,000 feet? Yeah, but it's very quick. It's, it's, honestly, it's not, it's not like that. <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, you know, it is. You fall, you fall 120 feet per second. It's not going to take you long. It's not going to take long. That's, that's very you'll true, be, actually. You'll be open very think, quickly think, and, um, you know, I think your wish it was longer. Done, I think I've just your done wish. a wee. <laughs> so you'll tell, you'll tell me afterwards. God, I wish that was longer. You know, one of the it, it one of the great things to observe. I've done it, so I know. So many times have I done it. I used to go and teach parachuting at a, a parachute club to make some money at weekends when I was a full time paratrooper. Used to go there and try and you know hustle a few people, get a free lift, maybe. We, we bought a parachute between three of us once and we used to like have a couple each land pack, quickly pack and go again. And, and we used to help people do their groundwork. And the greatest thing you'll ever see is when somebody's landed and you go over and say, how was that? And they're like, oh my, I don't know what to say. And I go, yes, great. And it, now you get it. And they go, no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And it's a bit, it's very addictive too, you know. Very addictive. People come back and, and you know, I know people that have done 20. You know, really, really that addictive. And I, in fact, I, I was, um, as you know, I, I did something um, in September of 2019. I, I went back to Arnhem with some old colleagues and we jumped out of an 82-year-old Dakota aircraft. Most of them were wearing the original Second World War uniform. I mean, I wasn't. I couldn't wear any of that itchy gear, thanks. And we parachuted into Holland and the feeling was the same for me again. You know, it's just, so, you know, if I'm 63 years old, if I'm still getting a thrill out of it, then, you know, Come on, guys. <laughs> Fair play. Sean, I, can I just, yeah, can I just say, Sean, Sean, can I just say, I urge you to rethink the Superman outfit and just go with brown trousers instead, because that's yeah, what I'm wearing. Think, you know, Superman would be great. It'd be great. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest, he can fly anyway, can't he, Superman? You're that's halfway there. Very true. Go on, Sean. Oh, goodness. Um, do you know, I actually can't think what I was going to say. I'm just paralysed by fear and terror. No, you mustn't be, Sean. You mustn't be, because just... Just think of it as, as something so fantastic. It's going to be just such a wonderful thing to do. And think of when you've done it, we'll get so much press and publicity. And it's going to such a great cause. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I always get a bit like this when I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was mad. No, I've remembered I always get an irritable cough when I'm lying. Um, I, I, um, I honestly, was mate, you're going to love it. it. There's a dear friend of mine here in in, in Ireland, um, uh, Angus McNally, and uh, we work together on shows and we do exhibitions together and stuff. And uh, we were chatting about this recently, and uh, he dropped it on me that he's done over 250 jumps. Great stuff. Out of nowhere. I said, have you ever done anything like this? He said, yeah, I've done done over 250 of them. And I, I was... Like what? And he used to present on RTE, which is Ireland's national broadcaster. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me about one that he jumped out of. That he jumped out of a, a helicopter or something or whatever it was above above the you know uh, main media centre of of RTE. Uh, he he started the program on the helicopter and went good. You know, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the whatever the show. He jumped out. Uh, free fell, parachute opens. As he's coming into land, he lands. He t- detaches everything and walks in with the microphone. Yeah, great. <laughs> Unbelievable. Incredible. John, we're, we're going to have to let you go. Before we do, though, where can people find out more information about Future Pathway? As I said, we will share the link on our social media, but uh, where, whereabouts can they go to find out more? So everything's done by the website. Everything's free. So when you go on the website, you can look at the courses. You can attend those courses. There's no restriction whatsoever. It doesn't affect anybody's pension or their, their, their status. Um, if anybody's receiving any tax credits, it doesn't make any difference to that at all. Um, the UK government 
put a lot of money into extracurriculum. You could probably go and find exactly the same courses in Job Centre Plus or some of the big charities. We put them all together, what's on offer, and then we offer other stuff too. So we're always paying for things. We're always getting the first aid course, boxing courses, so people can become coaches and go back in the community and help. You can find us on www.allthews, of course, futurepathway.co.uk. It's a great website there. as a donation page, but don't worry too much about that. Just enjoy your life. And if you can help, great. Because all we end up doing is buying Oyster cards and sending people on courses and stuff. <laughs> sometimes you, you more or less have to go and pick them up sometimes to encourage them to go back to school. Most people, when you tell them to go back to school, they've got this terrible dread. They're going to have this horrible geography teacher that smells of soap and snuff and... But it's not like that anymore. You do it all from the comfort of your own house. So there you go. Sean, I, I love how John just said, you know, enjoy your life. You've got, what, what, 13, 14 days left, something like that, I reckon. Come on. <laughs> Guys, you're making a big deal of this, seriously. Oh, it's 15,000 feet. John, we're going to let you go. Thank you ever so much for coming on. We will see you the weekend after next morning. in Salisbury, all ready to go. Superman suits at the ready Good to jump stuff. up and I love it already. Good luck, Phil. Thanks ever so much for all you do for us. Thank you, Phil, for all you do for us in promoting it. Can't do it without you guys. You know that. No trouble Take at care. all. John, much love. Take care. John, lovely to hear you. Cheers, mate. Love Thanks. See you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Don't be late. Right. He's gone. How are we going to get out of this? <laughs> 15,000 feet and then it opened the chute to 2,000. What? Yeah, well, I was trying to do the maths on it quickly, and my, my, my head is completely scrambled. I've got to be honest, my head's scrambled. It's either, according to the my maths, it's either nearly 20 seconds of free fall or nearly two minutes of free fall. I can't, I, I can't, get, I can't get there. I don't I know, but I'm, I'm absolutely bloody petrified. I do not mind. I, I got on that platform and that trampoline part, right? It's 10 foot up. With my height, it's 16 foot. That was scary. Yeah, I don't mm. like planes. Have you seen the size of the plane we're going up in? No. Oh, mate, it is like literally, it's it's like something built of Lego. It's tiny. <laughs> they will struggle. They will struggle to get both of us and the blokes that are jumping with us and the pilot on there. It's It's about the size of a Bedford Rascal. It's tiny as this plane. It's horrendous. Um, what are we going to do, Sean? Like... Like, I'm fully blaming you for this. Whoa, just a, just a second now. It was you that got asked to do it, not me. I got asked to do it. Yeah. And like all reasonable people, when they get asked to do something they don't want to do, I dodged it for weeks. And then roped me into it. And you had to bring it up on here and put me on the spot. I returned it and went over the top like they do in poker. I thought you would chicken out and I would graciously follow you out of the game. Killing but, me. oh, no, somehow we've ended up both doing it. Absolutely my killing God. me. Now, my youngest son, Elliot, he was... Um, we were talking about this at the weekend and his, his girlfriend was there, Katie, and he was saying how when me and him went to a theme park, it, I, it might have been Ferrari World in, in Abu Dhabi, um, and he basically said, oh, it's this great roller coaster. And dad literally just screamed the whole way round. And I'm like, yeah, it's scary. Just like jumping out of a plane, scary. But we are going to do it, right? We're, we're doing this, yeah? Um, I said to Elaine yesterday, um, if I make it onto the plane, I will be doing it. Um <laughs> But 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 it is it's it, it is an if at this point. I'm not you know I, I'm not trying to be uh, I'm not going to be Rambo about it. it it's an if like wow. I, I want I want to do it. I'm desperate to do it. I've always wanted to do it. But I am absolutely get the beat ready. <laughs> There's no beat. There's no beat. Not do it. You petrified. Terrified. <laughs> I am terrified. So am I. So that's two of us. All right. But let's do it together. I just want to see you in a Superman suit. That'll look cool. Yeah, that well, listen, just that's Friday nights on tour for you. Um, <laughs> quick, I think this is important. How far up the pecking order are we going to jump? What do you mean? Well, I mean, like you know, should, I think if if there's a way of rigging the vote, I think we should jump first. Well, I'm I might jump first before the plane's taken off. Right. I might just jump off the steps. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be honest, I still don't fancy it. <laughs> 
it, only if it's on grass. I'm not doing it on the time. <laughs> got a feeling, you know. I've got a feeling, and this I don't know. This is a bit backward. I don't know. People will get in touch with us and let us know. Anyone who's done this before, let us know before we do it. Get involved. You know, hit us up on social media and let us know. But I've got a feeling because we're jumping from such a height. And the ground's not really, there's nothing, like he said there, you know, there's nothing to measure it against. There's nothing to, you're not going to, you know, I've got a feeling it, it might not be, it might not be as bad. Yeah. Okay. You, you keep that feeling. I think that's a good feeling to have. Yeah. Definitely a good feeling to have. If my, if my instructor, whoever it is, I don't care who it is. If they do the whole fake, I'm really sorry. The, it, it snaps. It's not working. And the backup's gone. And the, if they do that, if they if they do that when we do actually get to Earth, we 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 beated them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be kidded around with up there. I really don't. To be fair to John, and I love I love this. This was John's way of selling it to me. Um, my wife's doing one as well the same day. He said, he said, now if I didn't trust these guys with with everything, I wouldn't be sending her up with them. So, unless he doesn't like his wife, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm very confused. Would you would you let Elaine jump out of a plane at fifteen thousand feet? Well, I'd throw Elaine out of a plane. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> anyway, look, we're gonna move on. We will put all the links again on social media. If you can afford to donate, like I said, we know things are hard at the moment for a lot of people. If you can afford to donate, please do. Um we're not actually doing it for donations, we're doing it to raise awareness of future pathway. As John said, there was a massive piece in a in a daily paper about Sean doing it, which that's that sort of more than paid its way, which is fantastic. But if you can, please do donate. We'll put the links on there. They'll all be on there. Right, we're going to get on to snooker after we have just a couple of moments break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the 147 podcast with Sean Murphy and Phil Seymour. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to interact with us across all forms of social media at 147pod. That's the words, at 147pod. That is where you can get us, so please do send your questions through there as well. Right, let's catch up on the last couple of weeks. Last podcast, best listened to we've ever, ever had. Thank you very much to everyone that's listened, shared it, interacted with us, got involved. There's a lot of wind-ups on social media going on, particularly about the parachute jump at the moment, for obvious reasons, but let's go away from that. So since then, we've had Championship League, we've had the Six Reds World Championship, and we've also had the Women's World Championship as well. Um, Championship League, Sean, I will hold my hands up here and say I didn't really see a lot of that, if I'm honest. Phil, I'm only interested in the jump. <laughs> I can't think about I can't think about anything else. Well, let's move on to the Six Reds then. Okay. Now, Six Reds took place over in time. It looked fantastic over there. Everything over there looked absolutely brilliant. Very, very well uh, well put on tournament, very well staged. Um Ding Junhui beat Tep Chiron Nu in the final. Now, I'm going to say this. I think that's great for snooker. 
personally. You got Tep Chaya, who is obviously local, who's played in Thailand um, in the final. And Ding, with everything that's going on at the moment, with the uh, the match fixing investigation and everything else, um, there's no tournaments in China currently. Great, in my opinion, to see Ding winning tournaments again. Really, really good. Well, I think I think when arguably the game's you know most famous face, I think when you take into account you know China and how big that is and the market out there, certainly if he's not the most famous, he's number two. Um, anytime he wins, it's it's good for the sport, and you could see how much he meant it to him. He yeah. hasn't won for a while. He give it the fist at the end of the tournament, obviously as he's entitled to do, um, and you could see how much it meant to him. Of course, it, you know it's not a ranking event. Some would say it's not proper snooker. It's six reds and a couple of rule changes and all the rest of it. But winning isn't easy, uh, and it doesn't matter what the format is. You know, you're all playing off the same rule sheet and uh, all trying the best. So um, it shows how much winning still means to Ding, um, and I think you know, of course, I think that tournament carries with it. Um, a champion of champion spots that's that tied up for ding now so yeah it's great and um yeah the tournament looked fantastic has to say i've been to the six reds a few times uh, when it was at the old venue in bangkok and um you know the hospitality that the promoters put on for the players they get so well looked after there is is almost second to none you know it's a, 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 a they they love snooker over there uh, and you could see that with the love and, you know, everything that they expressed towards the players. James Watson, it was great to see him again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was fabulous. And, uh, yeah, it looked great. The set looked great, didn't it? You know, yeah, the digitets and stuff looked fabulous. Yeah, it looked really, really lively. Very, very televisual. It looked, yeah, it looked fantastic. They staged it great. And like you say, for, for Ding to win it, for me, was brilliant. He had an awful time during COVID. Um, I think out of everyone, you you had a tough time, obviously, living in Dublin and everything else. Uh, Ding had a terrible time, a lot of time away from his family, and um, you know it's it, it was pretty horrible for him. So it's great to see Ding back. It's great to see him winning. Absolutely fantastic. So yeah, that was a six reds. It was it was great. I'd love to see. I, I put this on social media actually. I'd love to see some six reds events here. You know, one one or two. I just think it's a that little bit more fast pace. It's not shootout. It's a, it's a bit more a bit more serious than than that than the, the single-frame shootout, but it's just a little bit quicker and a bit more fast-paced. What do you think? Well, it certainly uh, brings the middle ground into play for people who say they want something a bit more shootout-esque, uh, but think the shootout goes a bit too far. Yeah. Uh, we talk about, you know, Snooker's version of 2020. Maybe Six Reds is it. Yeah. Um, I think the Six Reds did carry the rule in where you can't roll up to a colour nominated. You have to either hit the cushion or pot a ball. I, yeah. I think it had that rule in it, which I think is a good rule. Um, uh, and so maybe six reds is the halfway house. Um, you know, it is shorter. It's potentially better for TV companies that want regular ad breaks and stuff like that. It's a bit easier to format, perhaps. Uh, there were no matches that went on and on and on and on. Um, maybe there's some positives in it. Um, you know, I don't think it should replace um, traditional snooker at all. I don't think there's anything wrong with that product. Um, but I think there's room for everything. And, and there is a rumour. Now, I think, you know, to be careful of spreading rumours, uh, but there is a rumour going around snooker at the moment that the Six Reds could possibly be a ranking tournament next season. Wow. And that has... Obviously, there are people in both camps who think that's great and some who think it's it's not so great. But uh, the shootout has, you know, lovers and haters. That hasn't stopped it being on the ranking list. So... Um, watch this space. Yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, watch this space, see what happens with that. So, fantastic. Six Reds was great. Moving on then, Women's World Championship, okay? Um, fantastic event, I've got to say. Um, some real surprises in there as well. I'm... It's going to sound terrible, this, as someone that is an announcer and reads names. I'm not going to try and pronounce the winner's name because it's particularly difficult. She does go by the name Bipat. B-A-I-P-A-T. So, we'll use that... Bipat won it, which is a new name on there. She's 23 years old, which is fantastic. Um, you know, we've I think we've all heard of, of Mink, Onyi, uh, Rianne Evans and, and these players. This is a player that we, we probably haven't heard of, playing another player in the final that isn't one of those, those great big names. And I think it shows, to an extent, that there's becoming more strength in depth in the women's game, Sean. Are we seeing a changing of the guard? 
in in the women's game with with these names, Phil, these names, these new players emerging. Because I remember a few years ago, you know, I, I, I'm mad into the golf, as everyone knows. But um, you know, there was always the there was always it always felt like there was a new. Uh, on the ladies' tour, there was a new player from South Korea or Malaysia popping up every week almost, you know. And for a long time, uh, um, the ladies' golf events were dominated from by players from that region. And I just wonder whether uh, we are we seeing a new dawn of era in the ladies' game. Players come because almost in every event, there seems to be the latest and greatest player coming through that not many people know the yeah. name of and let alone say it but you know whether they know them or not um i think it's great to see uh, and i think it goes to show what a great job um the lady players of the past have done uh, in promoting in promoting the sport you know perhaps you know Rhianne evans and 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 and, the, and all the rest of the players like you know they've they've been promoting that game for for not much reward it has to be said yeah. um for many many years and it and it has sparked this interest, which is is now started to come through. What what did you make of of Rianne's comments that she made, you know, during and after the event about the you know the, the sort of financial side of the the ladies' tour and how she feels it you know it ought to be better. Well, that that's a very very interesting conversation actually, a very interesting conversation. Personally, J- Jason Ferguson put on social media, we do not run a men's tour, we run the World Snooker Tour, um, which is open for everyone. And there's, there's female players on there now, um, you know, who are promoted on there. And Bipat will be going on there um, next season. She's won a tour card in winning the, the Women's World Championship. Um, I think that's the point. I think that's the point. You you can't compare men's and women's prize money because there isn't men's and women's. There's the tour, and then there's the women's events in addition to the tour. Um it's very difficult. I'd, yes, it would be nice if, if they earned more money, if the, if the prize pot was bigger for those events. But I think the prize pot reflects the sort of the demand, the clamour from, from people to watch the event. I mean, that, that wasn't televised. It was, I think, the stream, but it wasn't televised, not by a major broadcaster in this country anyway. And, you know, I think in time, I think the women's sport is growing. As I said, I think the, the strength in depth is growing. I think that, that's what this shows us. And, and the... Players like Mink coming through the way she's flourished as well. Um, I think that shows us that the, the sport is growing. Now, that does get picked up on. You know, if you look at women's football six, seven years ago in this country, it, it wasn't anywhere near where it is now. It's huge now. Absolutely huge. Women's boxing, again, nowhere near. I think golf was one of one of the earlier sports to move on with the women's game, which was brilliant. I think it will do. I think it will gain momentum. And I think different names winning events like this will do that. I think the fact that women have been promoted onto the tour will do that. I think the mixed doubles that happens earlier in the season will do that. I really hope they carry that on next year. Really hope they carry that on next season. Because I think that was a great thing. I think all of these things show that the, the women's game is building, it's developing, it's growing. Prize money... I think it's got to grow, and I think the prize money will then grow. I don't think you can just suddenly... I mean, where's the money going to come from? You know, you, there isn't a magic money tree. It's, it's got to come from somewhere, and that's sponsors, broadcasts, or ticket sales. They're the, you know, they're the three revenue streams, and if they're not there, then the prize money can't be bigger. I don't think anyone's sort of sat back making millions of pounds out of the women's game in the in the background. So... I think as it all develops, I think that will do. It's just going to take time. I will say one thing, though, and I've said this before. I believe within 20 years, we will have a woman win the world championship or one of the majors within 20 years from now. I, I, you know, there is absolutely no reason why not. No, um, and it's one of the it's one of the things snooker doesn't shout loudly enough about is is that there is, or well, you know, there certainly really shouldn't be any. Well, there are no physical yep. barriers to um, you know complete equal opportunities for everyone to play. You know, there just aren't. Uh, we're one of the few sports where that's the case, where where you know players can they can compete against each other on a on a on a level playing field, um, and an ability. Is the only barrier. Yep. Um, the 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 thing the one thing I'd like to say on it, and I, and I I haven't actually refined it to a point, but I just want to throw it into the mix is, 
Um, you know, as a young child, I remember playing, the club I grew up in was a place called Rawns Q Sports, uh, owned, as I've said a few times, by former World Billiards champion Mark Wildman. Uh, and through his connections with the game, he was chairman of the WPBSA, you know, for a stint and all the rest of it. He brought the Ladies World Championship to that club in the early and mid-90s. And it was there for a good couple of seasons. You know, you had your Alison Fishers and Kelly Fishers and uh, Karen Kors and Stacey Hilliards. You know, they all came. And they were phenomenal players. Yeah. And that was in my club. It's still being played in a club. Yeah. And I think that's a real shame. And I, I, listen, you know, I, I, I don't know why. And I don't, you know, I don't know how you fix it. I, I know it's all money and I know it's all this and that. I, I know that. But I, but I just think it's a real shame that the the world championships, uh, the, 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 the UK championships, all these glorious events on the ladies' circuit, they're played in clubs. Yep. And I just think it's a bit... It, it must be time that we move these events into a proper arenas. Um, and it's all right saying, well, people don't, they, they don't tune in and they don't watch. Well, let's put them in an arena and sell some tickets and see how many. Let's see how many people come. And let's stick it on telly. Let's, let's put it on somewhere. Let's find a broadcaster. There's, there's a huge boom in women's sport. There really is. And you would hope a broadcaster would look at it and say, well, do you know what? We're going to capitalise on this as well. We're going to put the women's snooker on. Now, we did have a message from someone on social media um, during the Women's World Championship asking why, you know, like you said, there's, there's no physical boundaries, there's no no strength difference, anything else. Um, why are the, the female players not as good as the male players? I'll tell you why, okay? I will, I'll sum this up really perfectly for you. It's because for years, women and girls were not encouraged. In fact, they were deterred from playing snooker by ridiculous, archaic rules in clubs that, that Rebecca Kenner has spoken out about. And she went to a league match, couldn't play in the league match because they didn't allow women in. You know, when, when that's happening, the women's game will not develop because there's too many barriers being put up. I think now, I think those barriers have gone. Okay? I think those barriers have gone. I think women can, can play wherever, and absolutely rightly so they should. It's ridiculous. I think because those barriers are gone, what we're now seeing is more women playing the sport. The women that are playing it are playing from a younger age. They're getting better. The, the, the standards have, have shot up in the last few years. And that's where I say what I say. I think within 20 years, we will have a woman win a major. And I think because of that, but that, that's the only reason. It's, <laughs> it's because of stupid, ridiculous rules that for years were in place to stop women playing snooker. I mean, when, when you actually think about it, it's pathetic. I mean, it, it's ridiculous, but it's gone. It's gone. And the, the women's game is growing massively, and I think that's just going to continue. So I, I don't think it's an immediate thing. I think it takes time. I think for, for that level to improve takes time. For the crowds to have more interest in it takes time. But it's all building. You look at where it is now compared to where it was like you said, yeah, it was in a club back then in Rawns. It's still being played in a club now. But people are finding out about it. People are hearing about it. There's women on the on the tour, on the World Snooker Tour. There's the World Mixed Doubles. It is growing and it's gaining momentum. So I'd say watch this space. I think it's going to grow in the next five, ten years. I think, I think women's snooker is going to boom, Sean. Last question on this. Is having a separate tour for ladies actually having a negative effect on the ladies game no it, they need it they absolutely need it because without that what have they got they've only got the main tour so where do they develop where, well, where, where can they develop I, mean is, I suppose what i mean is what you know would it be would it be better having a just an open amateur you know amateur um like a bit like the q tour but, uh, but you know for everyone who wants to for everybody well the q tour is to, this is this is the thing the, the q tour is that the women's game still needs to grow and develop. So I, th I think while that, that growth and development still needs to take place, I do think you need the women's events. Because yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting I'm right. I, no, I, no, it, was, I, it was an open-ended question. I, I look at it that the game has to be allowed and encouraged to develop and to grow. And I think if you take the, the women's tour away or the women's events away, I think you, you stop that. I think you stifle that. 
and you ask those women to then play in, in Q tour, um, and as we've seen on the main tour, you know, that the, there's not been that many great results for them on the main tour because that the women's game is still developing, it's still growing, and it's got to be nurtured. And I think the women's tour for me is a way of doing that as long as we're also getting female players on the main tour and in events like Q Tour and Q School, definitely. But but I suppose that's the point I'm making in a roundabout way is that a lot of what happens is the ladies get through their tour, they get the tour cards onto the main tour and they run into a brick wall because they run into a standard of play they're yet to encounter. Perhaps if they were encountering that level of play on a more regular basis in an open field series of events, maybe their improvement would be more rapid. I think we're going to see more of that, though. I, th- I think like the WSF events and, and events like that, I think we're going to see as the women, as the strength in depth in the women's game grows, I think we're going to see more women in those events. And as it grows, as it develops, they're going to start winning in those events. And that's that's that natural bridge, isn't it? You know, that's that's that step up and through. Um, you know, we saw Liam Pullen again losing losing a final at the weekend. We've talked about Liam before. Liam's one of those players who's currently on that development pathway to the main tour. But putting Liam on the main tour straight away, that could, as, as I think you've alluded to there, probably do more harm than good because he needs to develop and grow and, and nurture his game and improve. And then when he does get to the tour, he'll be ready for it. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm probably probably at the other end of that argument. I think I, I, I'm more throw everyone in at the deep end, and 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 they'll sink, sink or swim. I think that's I think I think that's that that feels like what I went through and the players of my generation. That's that's what it. Sort of, maybe I remember it wrongly, yeah, but, but, that, that, yeah, but Sean, that's how it feels. What you've got to remember is when you were twelve, thirteen years old you were allowed to go and play snooker in that snooker club. When Rebecca Kenner was, she wasn't allowed to play snooker in that snooker club, so she couldn't develop the same as you could. You know, I completely get that, and and you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right with that. I mean, it's you know when you just stop and take a breath, it is ridiculous what we've gone through. You know, the the levels of misogyny and the levels of sort of almost unknown barriers. I was completely unaware of this as a young person growing up but I mean you know the only woman I saw on a daily basis was my mother you know they were just the, the, the lady who ran the club Chris used to work behind the bar you know that was it if if one of the other lads mums came it was like oh there's a woman here you know it was it, it was just you but you weren't really aware that there was a, a barrier to it sorry I, uh, I love the fact the club was run by a woman but there was no women allowed in there to play strange. brilliant it was, wow you know, it's, it's just so strange but when you think about those things it was a good friend of mine who qualified for one of the country's biggest, most prestigious amateur finals a few years ago. This is only in the last five years. So this isn't 50 years ago. This is five years ago. And and it was a big thing. Weekend away in the northeast somewhere. He took his wife with him, obviously, um, gets to the venue, and he's told on the door that he can obviously come in because he's competing, but his wife won't be allowed in the billiard room. No. Five years ago? It's five years ago. Wow. And she had to she had to wait in the bar whilst he went upstairs to play the final of this. As I say, this wasn't like a local league knockout. This was a very prestigious amateur event that everyone will have heard of. And he was told on the door his wife couldn't come in. That is do you know that it's actually hard to believe, isn't it? I mean hard I'm I'm laughing. It's not it's not a laughing matter, it's ridiculous. It's laughable pathetic yeah absolutely pathetic it's ludicrous so what what do you think hit us up on social media at 147 pod should there be a separate women's tour am i right will a woman win a major within 20 years i think they will i think they will and do you know what i'd I'd love dearly love to be proved right what do you think at 147 pod across all forms of social media but bypat well done you are on the tour next season we're going to see you we're going to enjoy watching you as well so we're going to see you how you develop and grow on the tour. That was the Women's World Championship. Now, coming up, we have the WST Classic taking place in Leicester. Um, it start, well, it fin- I know it finishes next, next week because I'm there for the final day of it, as you will be, Sean, won't you? 
I'm hoping to be. Fantastic. Now, the final day is the quarterfinals in the morning, semifinals in the afternoon, the final at night. The whole tournament is being shown on Matchroom Live, okay? It's not on Eurosport. It's not on BBC. It's not on ITV. It's been shown on Matchroom Live. It's £4.99 to watch the whole thing on there, or you can watch just one day for £1.99. So that final day, when you get to see me, by the way, little treat there for you, you get the quarterfinals in the morning, semifinals in the afternoon, final. Sean's looking at me like I'm mentally trained. Final in the evening, one ninety nine. you get to watch that whole day on Matchroom Live, so check that one out. Now, I've seen people online already criticising that. Why is it not on Eurosport? We already pay for Discovery+. Plus. Why is it not on ITV? Blah, blah, blah. Just, I know I've got a vested interest in this because I'm working the last day of it, but but regardless of that, this has been put in because the Turkish, Ma- Turkish Masters got pulled at quite short notice, okay? World Snooker Tour have out of nowhere, magicked up this event in Leicester called the WST Classic to fill that gap so players can earn, they can win ranking points, keep busy and hopefully earn a few quid. Um, finding a broadcaster at such short notice, it doesn't happen, okay? You, you, can, you can't do it. Eurosport at that short notice won't, won't just say, yeah, we'll pull everything else we've got planned, let's put it on, okay? It doesn't work like that. You know, and there's got to be a way to kind of make some money from the broadcast. You know, Eurosport would normally, Discovery would normally pay for the broadcast, or ITV would pay for it, or BBC would pay for it. There's got to be a way of doing that to provide prize money and everything else. So I get the criticism. I get, you know, I've, I've got Discovery Plus as well in Eurosport. You know, I get that. I really do. But, you know, just, just think about what you're saying on social media because I think it's been a Herculean effort from everyone at World Snooker Tour just to get this event on in time because it's been very, very short notice. Sean? Yeah, no, I agree with all of those things. I think there's a there's a there's a raft of opinion out there where people are saying, well, you know, if they put this event on so quickly, um, why aren't they putting other events on? You know, there there, there are, I've seen a few comments like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't. Uh, I, I, I you know, I don't I don't yet know why um, it's behind closed doors. Uh, until the last day, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't asked the question of anyone with the answer. To be fair, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll refrain from throwing any mud until I, until I, you know, have have a have a suitable answer. Talking of which, um, there is a very, very big meeting taking place this week in Leicester um, between WPBSA players and WST. It's a meeting that the players have been calling for for a long long time uh, and um, uh, it's, you know we I mean I'm not involved in WPBSA players but as a player I, I, I'm attending uh, as I would encourage all tour players to attend you know this is this is the probably the most important meeting uh, of the last 10 years uh, and uh, hopefully you know as many tour players will be there as possible and it'll be great to sit down across the table from, as I say, the, the, the leaders of WST, the chairman and the CEO and a lot of the other members of staff and be able to put forward some suggestions and ask questions um, for the future of the sport. A real, real important day Wednesday in the future of snooker. Enlighten us then, or enlighten the, the, the listeners out there. What kind of things are going to be discussed? Well, will, it be, I, will it be the quality I, of chairs at venues? <laughs> yeah. Uh, quality of snacks, maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, no. I think um, we, we, as people know, they're not. It's not a private thing. We have these regular uh, coffee mornings, uh, like Zoom meetings. We have them quite a lot. Um, uh, that uh, you know, we all take part in, and we had one there recently uh, where we submitted, uh, you know, lots of different things that we want to talk about. Um, you know, lots of different points were raised, so the agenda is quite packed. Um, I won't go too much into it because I don't. I, I wouldn't want to cross any lines of privacy and all the rest of it. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't want to get myself in, in in bother by telling everyone what we're going to be talking about before we've talked about it. Um, but as I say, I think, and you know, very few players have attended more meetings than I have in the last twenty years. Um, I think this is possibly the most important meeting uh, that we've had in the last ten years. Uh, and um, you know it's 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 great that WST have 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 you know made time in their schedule to come to Leicester to meet with us and sit down with us, uh, and it's something I you know I'm looking forward to, um, you know almost as much as the tournament I have to say. Brilliant. Now the only thing I've seen on social media on the cesspit that is Twitter and and Facebook um, is people talking about changes to 
um, ranking points and, and that kind of going more onto a points base as opposed to prize money system. That's one thing I've seen, which would be an interesting discussion. I know there's um, a lot of people with very, very strong opinions about those kind of things. Um, so time will tell. You know, we shall we shall see what happens. As Sean said, though, there's no fans allowed in for the first few days of the WST Classic, but for the final day there are, I believe the evening session is sold out, which will be the final. I believe there are still tickets left for the morning, which is the quarterfinals. This is next Thursday in Leicester. And the evening, which is the... Sorry, it's next Wednesday in Leicester, not next Thursday. I'm completely wrong. It's next Wednesday in Leicester. Just let me check the date on that so I get that absolutely right. It is Wednesday the 22nd at the Morningside Arena in Leicester. There's tickets still available for the quarterfinals in the morning, semifinals in the afternoon. Go to WST tv forward slash tickets for those if you do want to watch it it is on matchroom live go to matchroom.live or it's on the world snooker tour website links to that as well i think it's 4.99 for the whole tournament or £1.99 if you just want to watch a day uh, hopefully i'll see some of you there hopefully i'll see sean there in quarterfinal semi-final then final action and then of course we'll definitely be seeing each other at the weekend after when we jump out of an aeroplane. Okay, no rants this week. No listener questions this week. We do still have some. We will hold those over for a future podcast. But we will finish in the time-honoured way of ans- asking the pointless question. Pointless question this week, Sean, is would you rather have telekinesis, the ability to move things with your mind, or telepathy, the ability to read minds i think i think i'd probably rather have telekinesis as a snooker player surely that's a no-brainer isn't it yeah (laughs) you just hit a ball and you can make it go in the pocket wherever however you want like everything in the last few weeks all i'm thinking about is this poxy jump (laughs) (laughs) i've got to say it's on my mind it, it really is on my mind. It's um, Have you got the schedule for the Tour Championship, which starts on the Monday yet? No. No? No. Now, if, if I was being sneaky, I would write an email to the or- organiser of that event and ask them to schedule me for the Monday and then have to pull out of the jump. I think that that is actually your only way out, isn't it, is getting scheduled on the Monday. Yeah, I don't think anyone would uh, disagree. I mean, if I if I am scheduled to play on the Monday, I'm not sure jumping out of a plane on the Sunday is the absolute world's best preparation. But barring bad weather, that is the only thing that's going to stop me getting on that plane. You you get abuse for commentating the same day as matches. I <laughs> jumping out of a plane the day before. One. <laughs> I can't I can't sit in a box with a headset on and a microphone and talk about someone else playing on the same day as I play. Better not do that. How about jumping out of an airplane? Well, yeah. the, the the more um, eagle-eared listeners out there will probably notice that you know we've we've done loads of plugs for World Snooker Tour on this. If they want to help us out by scheduling Sean on the Monday, go for it. Um, this could be discussed in I mean, uh, in Leicester I mean, at the meeting this week. That's how I'm getting out of it. How are you getting out of it? <laughs> well, if you don't do it, I don't do it. Let's be honest. That's you know, we come. We come. It was great having John on, though, wasn't it? Wasn't it great having John? Do you know? Love that guy. It Absolutely was great love MC John. On the show, oh wasn't it? wow, wow. He is he is genuinely one of the nicest men you'll ever meet. You see, people don't see this when when lockdown started to ease when we're in Milton Keynes. And the rules started to ease a little bit. The st- I think there still wasn't fans in. There was a darts event in one hall and a snooker event in the other. So we were all there together. And myself, Sean and John, we went for a, a good old yomp one morning. We went for a good old walk one morning, didn't we? We did a fair few miles. We were doing snooker's biggest loser at the time. So we were both trying to burn a few calories. And we went out with John and... It was some walk to that Greg's, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what... Did did he? Yeah, what we walked about, I think three or four miles. Okay, in that time, did John stop for breath? No, no, he just talked, didn't he, for the entire hour that we were out. Amazing ability. Yeah, but he's that type of person, and he's he's great company. Oh, he's brilliant. He's got, he's got story after story after story. You could listen to him all day. Different class, absolute diamond of a man. Um, right now, we thoroughly dislike him, but I'm sure. After it all goes well and the dust settles, we'll love him again, won't we? If we survive. 
if we survive. So that's us. We are jumping out of a plane a week on Sunday, and we've got the WST Classic next oh, week. Oh, and this this is it, isn't it? This is the this is this is the last is, pod before the jump. Well, potentially the last. But this could pod. be the last pod of all time. It could be if it is. It's can I just emotional. say, Mum? I love you. She doesn't listen to the podcast, but I've got to say it anyway. If it has been the last, if it's the last podcast, yeah, it has been emotional. Um, it'll certainly make some headlines for Future Pathway. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe you've gone there. Okay, please get involved with us all over social media at 147pod, WST Classic coming up in Leicester, and then our parachute jump for Future Pathway. We will share the links all over social media. Get involved with us on social media. We shall see you on there. Sean, I will see you in Leicester. I hope so. Here's hoping. If not, I'll see you in Salisbury to jump out of an aeroplane. Thank you very, very much for listening. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks' time. That was the 147 podcast with Sean Murphy and Phil Seymour. If you enjoyed what you've just listened to, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and interact with us across all forms of social media at 147pod. That's all words at 147pod. Thanks for listening.